Hello everyone and welcome to uh, Chapman Talks. We are in London at Lock & Co Hatters. I'm with Roger here. Say hello, Roger. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much for uh, welcoming us. My pleasure. Us. Welcome. It's really kind of you. So, for people who don't know, explain a little bit the history of this shop. Okay. It's the world's oldest hat shop, isn't it? Yes, we are the world's oldest hat shop. We were established in 1676. Wow. Uh, so, to put that in perspective, that was 10 years after the fire of London when we were one of the first shops to open in this area, which is now the West End, as it got redeveloped. So this is original Greenfields. Wow. Um, and St James's was one of the first streets to be actually paved. Um, and that's why all the sort of high-end shops sprung up around here. So the people of the day could walk down the street without getting all their fine clothes covered in horse manure and mud and muck and everything where all the other streets were. So we've been on these premises since uh, 1759. Okay. Um, so that is the original front door. So your grandfather would have walked through <laughs> that front door and would have been served in the same way and the shop has changed very little since then. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so if people are wondering why I've decided to uh, come here, it, it is because they've made hats for my uh, grandfather, which we'll get to. But you've also made hats for numerous... Other very well known. We're, we're very fortunate <laughs> over the years uh, to be uh, patronised by many famous people. So, from history, you might say, so we can go back to Lord Nelson. Uh, he wore uh, our hats, he actually wore one of our hats when he died at Trafalgar. Mm -hmm. And we have on display the ledger behind us, which was uh, the last hat he bought for, uh, from us before Trafalgar. Wow. Also, people like the Duke of Wellington. And then uh, Winston Churchill famously was one of our good customers before and during the war. Uh, but also to bring it right up to date, we have quite a few of the good and the great and <laughs> of pop stars and film stars and politicians of, of the present day as well. So we're, we're very proud um, to have people come in um, because they, they know of Lock & Co um, and they want to come in and be fitted for, we'd like to think, you know, one of the best quality hats you can buy. Yeah, definitely. Quite funny uh, about Churchill, then you go to the cigar shop just up the road as well. That's right, Fox is up the road, and uh, <laughs> that's the thing, you know, it, was, it was like a, a, a one-stop place for people to go to so St James's, you get your shirt, you get his shirts made just around the corner at Terminal Assas, uh, bought a cigar on the way in, and probably smoked it while he was being fitted for his uh, his bowler hats and his hombos, so yeah, brilliant. That's amazing. And so, the origin of the bowler hat started here, didn't yes. it? Um, so, of course, Chaplin, famous for wearing a, a bowler hat. He's probably one of the most famous bowler hat wearers of all time. Um, so, yes, we invented the bowler hat in 1849. Yeah. So, originally, it was a hat for gamekeepers. So, the Earl of Leicester, a gentleman called Sir William Cook, uh, came to us and he was fed up with his gamekeepers when they were on horseback. Uh, wearing top hats and they'd catch them on low branches and oh, get knocked off so because they're tall and flat so he said right what I need is a hat that is round so the branches bounce off but it's a hard hat to protect them when they're riding oh, so the way the story goes is that we then commissioned the Bowler Brothers of Southwark to mm -hmm. make the first hat for us and um, Sir William Cook, he came in here and he, we showed him the prototype. The first thing he did is he put it on the floor and stamped on it. And it didn't break. And he went, 
that's perfect, thank you very much, <laughs> and the bowler hat was born. So we call it a Cook hat, named after Sir William Cook, who commissioned okay. it. And the reason it's famously known as a bowler hat is because the Bowler Brothers not only made the first one for us, but then they went on to mass produce them. Okay. So uh, that's why bowlers became known as bowlers. I see. So when someone like William Cook comes to you and says, okay, I need a hat, mm. and what, does he go through the design process? Is, is he involved with everything? Not or? really, no. We, we sort of, uh, he gave us uh, parameters of what oh, okay. we required. Just a nice hard hat. We came, came to Some of the hats in the day we would have made ourselves because that was quite a specialist hat and there was a specialist process of making it hard. Okay. That's why we had to use a, an outsourced company. Okay. And then the bowler hat did explode. I mean, it exploded. Everyone oh, exactly. It. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's funny. Um, the history of the bowler hat is the hat that won't die. It's amazing, it's had so many different um, leases of life. Started off as a gamekeeper hat. Then Victorian railway workers wore it. Um, as a hard hat, like we see people on construction sites wear hard hats, they wore yeah. a bowler hat to protect them. So, and it was a workman's hat. Um, and that's why, it's funny, when you see pictures of the Wild West in America, all the sort of Billy the Kids and uh, Wired Herbs, most of them are wearing bowler hats. It's true. Rather than 10 gallon hats. They're not wearing big cowboy hats, they're wearing bowler hats. That's because when we went over to the States and built the railways, the railway workers took the bowler hat with them. And that's why people started wearing it over here. Oh, is that right? So there's quite a lot of history. I haven't found out the jump between it being a workman's hat to suddenly how it became a city gents hat. It completely, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one jump I haven't been able to sort of track down. Um, and then after that, it sort of died off a bit because it's very much pinstripe suit and yeah, rolled yeah, umbrella. Yeah. But now we're finding people are wearing it casually again. Completely. So we're getting young guys coming in who check shirts, you know, hips the beards and that sort of stuff, buying bowler hats. So it's great to see it having yet another new lease of life. Yeah, yeah. And so there we are, so 100 and, where are we, 170 years later. Exactly. So how did you get your start here? How, were you interested in this business? Me personally? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's something which, you know, as it's a family business, I'm the seventh generation yeah, of my yeah. family. So you grew up with it. You know, you, my dad used to come home from work and when we were little kids and over the dinner table would say, well, you never guess who came in today. Is that right? He said, oh, Muhammad Ali came in today or whoever it was, or Frank Sinatra. <laughs> or, you know, it was, it was fantastic. So, and as kids, we used to come up in the school holidays and just sort of you know, look around the shop. Famously, there used to be a shoot that went from the shop down into the basement, which where, in the old days, we used to deliver the hats down in. Oh, really? And as kids, it was a rice of passage that you were sent down the chute as a little slide, <laughs> and you come back all covered in dust and okay. splinters and everything. But um, So, yeah, it is. You feel like it's in your DNA as a family. Um, it's something we're very, very proud of, um, and it's lovely to be a part of it. But I see myself very much as a custodian of the business. Um, you're not an owner. There's no option to think you're going to sell it and make lots of money out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you want to do is keep it in good shape and then move it on to the next generation, hopefully in better shape than you took it on. So, um, yeah, and my, my children hopefully will be part of the business That's as great. well. So, yeah. Amazing. What I was really surprised to, to see is that some of the hats which uh, you did for my grandfather... Or you, it must have been one of your your father. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, so if we're looking in the sort of nineteen fifties, that would have been my probably my grandfather uh, as a young man. So yeah, he would have wow. been probably in his thirties. So yeah, he would have been the sort of main guy there then. That's so yeah. interesting because uh, to think that my granddad would have come here and had a hat fitted 
So from my, my understanding, from which I've seen online, you put one of yeah, these on the Yeah, the yeah, the torture machine. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll grab it. Okay. Um, so this is a conformator, a French invention, invented about the same sort of time as we invented the bowler hat, so about 1849, okay. 1850. And it actually maps out the contours of the head. So people think that, you know, everyone thinks their heads are round or oval shaped, but everyone's heads are different. Right. It's almost like a fingerprint. Um, so this machine, um, using these sort of uh, pins and that kind of thing, um, maps out a sixth scale map, as you would, um, of uh, the head shape. So we know the size, and this maps the contours. Um, so he would have had something very similar to this. The design has not changed. Um, we use, and it's funny, we haven't found a better way. You know, there we are, 170 years <laughs> later. Still it's still the same. We use it literally every day. Okay. Um, it's not a novelty thing. We use it every day. And then what you do is you then block it back up to full size using a formula, if I've got one here, which is this. So oh, this, this then use the used head shape in the center, and then you block it back out with the pegs. So this becomes a wooden block. So that's your head shape, and then we mould the hat to suit this. And then hopefully, if it's done properly, it'll fit like a glove. So there won't be any red marks on your forehead oh, if you're wearing it. Which is usually a problem when you hire a top hat or something for a wedding. They never fit very yeah, well, yeah. or they rock and that kind of thing. So this will literally fit all the way around, it'll fit perfectly, and it won't fall off. Especially if you're riding a horse yeah, as yeah. a gamekeeper. That's, that's <laughs> the idea anyway. That's so interesting that yeah. it's all used. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're fantastic implements and uh, they're a great talking point as well. Yeah, yeah, someone course. described, actually, someone came in, um, one of our sort of more well-known um, well customers, and he described it as quite steampunk. Yeah, that's I, think, I think that's quite a good description, actually, you know, because it's got that sort of Victorian <laughs> sort of madness about Completely, it. Completely, yeah, I yeah, know. But for all the uh, Chaplin fans out there, so he would have, my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, would have come into the shop in 1952. Mm -hmm. He would have had something similar yeah, to this on his head. There, yeah, and yeah. we have his head shape up on display well, yeah, which on the wall up show. here, which we'll come up to in a minute, um, which shows that you know his head wasn't oval. It was a sort of <laughs> pear shape, which is that actually is. quite a normal shape for a head. Actually. Do you know what's so interesting is that my dad's head shape is probably... Very, very similar. Yeah, well, it, genetically, your head shapes are very similar as it goes down, unless you have an accident. I fitted a lady for a, for a hat a little while ago, and um, one side had a big sort of divot in it, and um, she said, oh, that's strange. I said, yeah, did you ever have an accident as a, as a child? And she goes, yeah, I had a bad a fall off a horse when I was a child. Wow. And that's obviously left an imprint that's in the head. Yeah. But generally, yeah, you can see sort of family resemblance. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so this would have been just after he was sort of kicked out, not kicked out of America, but he, you know, he came to England and then his visa wasn't renewed to go back to America. Yeah. So he came and he was in the Savoy, yeah. more or less living there. Well, the, 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 the ledger says that he ordered the hat and then he wanted it delivered to the Savoy. So obviously that's where he was, was uh, living and it's nice to tie all in like that. Yeah, no, really. And as well, you did hats for his... My great-grandfather, yes, so his yes, father, which yeah, is yeah. really amazing. I can't believe the history. When I found that out, I was really shocked. Actually. So that was sort of late 1800s, I imagine. Exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. He was uh, in vaudeville, mm. so mm. I guess you always have to dress yeah, sharp. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone wore hats in those days. <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, even in the sort of 50s, it was de rigueur to, to, to wear hats. So it was almost part of your uniform, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing. And then you've also got the thank you letter. Yes, he, he wrote as a personal thank you letter in his, in his own handwriting that's to great. thank you for all the for the service he received here, which is lovely. And we have we have a copy framed up on the wall because it's something we're very proud of. Oh no, yeah, yeah, for sure. And how important is it, or how is it trying to stay relevant in today's world? Because it's such an old, it's, fashion, it's not old fashioned, but yeah, like, yeah, I I know exactly what you're saying. It is. There was a period through the sort of 70s and 80s where hats were really out of fashion and it was hard to stay relevant. And it would have been easy for us to become a bit of a sort of dusty novelty shop. Mm -hmm. And I think if we'd gone that route, we probably wouldn't be talking here now because I don't think you can survive like that. You have to move with the times. Fortunately, hats have really come back in again and we're finding a younger, more fashionable market coming in, uh, which is great. And as a result, we tend to do more seasonal ranges. Uh, we try and ring the changes a bit, you know, mm -hmm. we, we do uh, like beanie hats now and, and sort of really nice cashmere baseball caps and stuff like that, which you never would have done a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but they sell really well. It's like I say, it's attracting a younger market, which is great to see things coming through. But also what I love is when you get a young guy coming in, he said, my grandfather used to buy my hats from here and I've always wanted to come to Locks to be fitted. And now I'm in the position yeah, financially yeah. or in my career or whatever that I can come in here and, and, and enjoy it and you look after them and, and I like to think they get the same experience and the same enjoyment of coming here um, and then hopefully then another generation will come through so uh, I find that a, a really satisfying yeah. feeling um, but yeah it's nice I think we're probably more relevant now in fashion terms than we have been in many years no I would agree mm. completely and as well you've been featured in quite a lot of a few films here and there as well, yes. which must have helped. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we had a, a sort of cameo role in Kingsman, yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, just runs and runs. We get people coming all over the world, especially from Japan and the States, um, wanted to come in the shop because they seen it on Kingsman and Samuel L. Jackson was wearing one of our top hats, which was great. You know, and we've been in some films recently. I personally just been uh, been in a film a year or so ago, yeah, we, um, as a, as a, as an extra as they filmed in the shop. So that was That's quite so fun. So that was uh, that was the Good Liar, which had Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen in it. Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was fun. You know, it was it was an experience. Well, for it's me. great. It's a great way to keep the name alive. Yeah. As no. Well. Exactly that. Exactly that. Okay. Well, talking about the you know grandchildren wanting to go to Hatfield, I'm definitely going to come back yeah. and I'll definitely have yeah to definitely well you've got to keep, you know, keep the, keep the, the lineage going. going yeah yeah yeah. I'm going to try and get my dad in as well I know my dad loves wearing hats as yeah. well so. excellent alright Roger thank you so much my for pleasure coming. thank you very much thank it's great you. to meet you it's really nice to meet and you thank you for calling no thank you for having me <laughs> I really appreciate it okay <laughs>